We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to be back on again tonight. I have my good friend, Justin, who uh, we, we have become good friends through UConn Twitter. And we are going to start something here every week where we're going to kind of take a deep dive into UConn's upcoming opponent and who UConn played the week before. So obviously this week UConn hasn't played. So it'll just, it'll be, I'll be asking Justin some questions. Uh, he'll ask me some questions and then we're going to, I'm, we're going to break down uh, Utah State, the upcoming opponent. But thank you so much, Justin, for coming on. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I, I'm excited to do this with you because, I mean, you're you're an extremely knowledgeable guy, extremely passionate about the Yukon Huskies. So, I mean, I think this is going to be really cool. Oh, yeah. And we got the uh, hashtag war daddies going on on Twitter right now. <laughs> the beautiful thing. <laughs> Have have we have we been able to figure out what what that means? <laughs> I I really don't even know. It must be like a team thing. Um, I know the war daddies usually it's like a like a defense like for the defense like the trenches and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I have no idea because when I first saw it, I'm like, oh my goodness, what is on the wall? <laughs> I mean, that was the first thing I thought too. It was like, okay, it's got to be in the trenches. I mean it. But I, I've tried to do some digging too, and I can't figure out anything myself. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think the the number one question everybody has, kind of going into this game, when you look at, I mean, there's a number of questions, but <clears throat> I think I think at face value, everybody kind of looks at uh, the quarterback situation and what's going to go on there. And I mean, I I think I have a feeling who I know it's going to be. Uh, just from conversations I've had um, with different people and uh, different things I've seen and read and just, uh, but what are your thoughts? So, so the quarterback situation, it was kind of, you know, every single time the coaches were talking, they're talking good about Roberson. They're talking about good about Turner. And I thought the past week, it sounded like all Turner. And then all of a sudden, past Sunday, after my Q&A, after I said, oh, Zion Turner's going to start. Because I was like, oh, you know, he was doing great practice. Um, I really think that it's going to be Roberson that's starting. And if it goes sour, I think Zion's going to come in the game. I'm pretty sure um, throughout the season, um, it's going to be a QB battle. Um and right now, if I had to guess, it would probably be Roberson, um, just because you know he he's a he's a true leader. Um, he know he's been working on how to you know when to throw the gas in the ball and when to let up a little bit. And it sounds like he you know he's definitely going to be uh, QB one for Saturday anyway. I agree with you. I mean, everything that I've seen and people I've talked to. Uh, th- the other day, he took almost all of the reps in in practice. So it was. I think it's. I think it seems apparent that he's going to be the guy. But I also agree with you that there's going to be more to come. I, I think. I think Zion Turner's really proved himself. I mean, we all knew him coming in that he he was a special talent, and I mean, I think he's going to be in, in a very very special player for the UConn Huskies, but. Just being a true freshman, it's hard to ask to throw him to the Wolves in game one. Yeah, and, and you know, last year we we threw a young quarterback in there too and mm-hmm. we kind of saw what happened. Um, it's it, Even if he was, you know, a high, you know, the, the highest caliber quarterback that could start now, um, I'd honestly rather have him develop and understand – 
the college play because high school to college is way different. Right. The guys are much faster, much stronger, and sometimes you're playing against, you know, guys that were there for four years. And to throw in a, a freshman, I mean, I, I it wouldn't shock me if I if when they play Central Connecticut, it wouldn't shock me to see them in there. Oh, absolutely. Just to get some reps and stuff. But with Utah State, I'm pretty sure, you know, Roberson's going to be in, um, you know, like I said before, if it turns sour, it's probably, you know, Zion's going to have his chance. Uh-huh. Uh, and and also about, like, Tyler Pumacon, too. Um, he's coming back from injury. Uh, I know the coaches are trying to just get him back in there. We might see him near, like, the middle to near the end of the season. So it, when he comes back, too, I mean, all three of them, it's going to be a great battle. I absolutely agree. I want to throw something at you and see how you think of this comparison. Taquan seems to remind me a lot of David Pindle with how with the how much zip he puts on the ball, and then obviously his ability to run as well. I mean, what what do you think of that? Yeah, I um, he's he's definitely like David Pindle. Um, David Pindle, he was more of like a runner, you know, because the offensive line it seemed like they. They could never just hold on for another two or three seconds for him to throw. Mm-hmm. And when he threw, he threw, he uh, overthrew everybody. Um, and he could definitely run when he made when he made you know short passes or like medium yard passes. He was great. Um, I actually think Taquan will be a person that can throw long yardage for us and could be more accurate. Um, definitely a guy coming from Penn State. Uh, I actually think he actually might be a little better than David Pendle at this point. <clears throat> I don't disagree with that. I, I think I think Taquan can be a really, really good football player for the Huskies, and 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 I I expect him to do some special things this year. I I know mainstream wise, people might not be expecting that, but again, it's going to come down to like like you said a little bit ago, the offensive line play is going to be huge. It's the one thing I can say is, you know, like Penn State's, like the Floridas, like the Clemson's, like the Florida State's, Texas A&M's. If at quarterback, if you just don't cut it, they they'll just say, oh, we can go to the next person. Now coming to UConn, we can develop them and we can actually make them into a really good quarterback that could potentially go to the NFL one day. Absolutely, so, and, and, and so there's. Oh, go ahead. I, I think he's got that potential. Almost, yeah. And the thing is, is that as long as he, you know, listens to his coaches, and if he does do a mistake, watch the tape, you know, and learn from it. And if he does that, oh man, I mean, the sky's the limit for that guy. Absolutely. And the the next topic I want to talk about: uh, what are your thoughts about the running back situation? So the running back situation, so I broke it down. So I, I it, it's Carter, Carter, Rosa, Bruton, Burns, and Houston. Those are, we have really good running backs this year. Um, I actually think Nate Carter is going to start. Um, they did have, I, I did see a depth chart where Burns started over uh, Carter. But I have, I have a huge feeling that it's probably, it's probably going to be Nate Carter. We're going to see some uh, Victor Rosa in there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually did really well um, in summer practices. With the clips I've seen, I mean, he's just a fast quarter, you know, uh, running back. Right. And uh, which can switch directions no matter what. So, I mean, like Brian, like a Brian Bruton, he's a running back, but he's more of your special teams guy. You know, he's a kick returner. Um, Keelan Miriam probably your punt returner. But, uh Oh, it's it's definitely I I have to say it's definitely Nate Carter at this point. I I agree. I mean, I think he's been there and done that, and he's proved himself. Um, and I think he was one of the bright spots last year. Oh yeah, yeah. He was he was um he was a guy that just came in and he had what it what it took to be a running back, and he showed it. And he was strong. I mean, he could run up the gut and. He could take hits, and 
he can keep on going. I mean, sometimes he just bulldozes through people, and that's great to see for a running back. Absolutely. Uh, the, the next position I want to look into, I think, is one that uh, we, we haven't heard as much about. Um, I think we, we can see that the wide receivers are going to be really, really good. I mean, there's a lot of guys there that can do some things, but what about a tight end? So the tight ends, um, I'm, they, uh, I'm pretty sure Nia, Nia Mensky and, uh, and Heatherman and Bo Westies. Um, I know Harris was on one of the death charts I've seen, uh, but I actually think that it's probably going to be those three at this point. Um, I, I know Nick Harris will probably be in there too, so we actually might have – we actually might have tight ends where they, in situations, they might bring them in rotations. Um, at this point, though, I'm I'm thinking that you know Niemensky and uh, and Estes is probably going to be your uh, go-to guys. I agree. I completely agree with you. I mean, like I said, it's it's been a position that we haven't heard as much about. So it's it's intriguing to me to see how that moves forward. Yeah, it's it. It's weird because um, you know, like last year uh, when Randy was still there, um, I I I felt like they didn't use the tight end enough. And the one key to UConn football in the past was you had tight ends that could catch the ball, that could block for you. And I I actually think with Coach Mora's um, um, offense. It's definitely going to be. Um, you're definitely going to see some differences in uh, in tight end usage. Absolutely, and I think Nick Charlton. He's just a mastermind offensively. He's going to find a way to get those guys in there and utilize them correctly. Oh yeah, Nick, Nick Charlton. Um, those. They even said that the the offense. You know, they they like being together. Um, offensive line most. It was was actually one of the bright spots too this um, this summer, and I actually think Nick Charlton he's kind of quiet about you know everything, and I'm I and I know Coach Moore wants to be kind of quiet too because he doesn't want Utah to be snooping in there, but I I really think that this offense is going to be just a it's going to be like so quick you know hit hard roll the ball in certain situations. It's going to be something where it's going to be an offense that we're really not used to. It's going to look different, but it's going to be a good difference. Absolutely. I, I'll never forget the conversation I had with Coach Charlton on my on a, a podcast episode a couple months ago. and just I, I, I just walked away from that episode just thinking, man, this guy knows what he's doing, and I'm glad he is a part of the Yukon Huskies. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's a young guy. Like like I always told everybody, he's a young guy. He knows how to relate to, to players. He knows how to, you know, yeah, some points, of course, he's going to bark at players, but they understand it's coaching. Right. And it's nothing, nothing bad. And I think that this, this team actually, with the coaching staff itself and how young they are, I think the – the relationship too is totally different and uh we're definitely i i think we're going to see some fireworks on the offense uh this saturday and people are going to be shocked but i i i really do think that we're going to play him pretty hard i agree too i i we'll get into that part in a little bit but i i completely agree with that i think I think our guys are going to come ready to go. I think they're they're ready. They're itching. They're ready to go. And they last year's done and over with. And this is a new, it's a new regime. Yes, it's a it's a refresh. And these guys, I mean, when I saw clips of them in practice, it doesn't look like they're just going through the motions. These guys have like they're jumping up and down, and they have they're just so excited, and they can't wait to play. That's what Coach Morris said in the press conference, too. They can't wait to play. He says, I can't even wait to go out there. And uh, I actually, I'm actually pretty nervous for him. I mean, I was nervous all week for him. 
I, and I, I, I love that. I, I saw an interview too, where he was talking about how he had butterflies and everything too. And I mean, I can speak to that as a former coach myself too. I mean, your first game, you're just, you're just excited for, for your kids, for your guys. You, I coached girls. So my gals, I was just excited for them to have that opportunity to go out there and just, and to compete and play against somebody else and just, just have fun with it. Yes. And, and the biggest respect that coach Moore has to is keeping the current kids, whoever wanted to transfer out, they could transfer out, but whoever wanted to stay, you can stay. And the past regime, they basically, you know, threw the other coaches players out in nice terms. And this coaching staff, they said, Nope, we're going to give you a chance. You're going to play. You're going to play for your spot. Everybody, every spot's open and you're going to compete. And I mean, the kids competed and whatever depth chart that, that official depth chart that comes out, they deserve it. Absolutely. They're going to put the right guys out there, the guys that deserve it. And and that's what we're going to see on Saturday. Oh yeah. Speaking of the depth chart, I, I was kind of intrigued when I saw the offensive line, um, and there were only seven names listed in various different positions um, on the two deep. Um, I I don't think we're limited to seven guys. I just think those are the guys that are, the staff feels very comfortable with at that given position. I mean, I think there's more than seven guys that we're going to have ready to play Saturday. But uh, I think at face value, some people might look at that and think, oh, do we only have seven offensive linemen? Yeah, I, I think um, I, I I think we actually seen the same depth chart. Um, it's I I actually think they just had first and second string on there. They didn't actually add like a third string, or, right? You know, fourth string. But we have uh, potentially the people. I I looked it up tonight. The, potentially the people that could play from first to third. We have thirteen offensive linemen. So we're we we're we're definitely uh, all set in that area, and. Uh, and you know we have cut. We could have more than that too. I just some guys. I think they're they're mostly like fourth string guys. So I didn't really include them, mm-hmm. but we're definitely not limited in that area. I agree. I, I think it's. I think this could be one of the most improved units on the team. Honestly. Yes, I I have to agree with that. And um, the two guys, uh, uh, Brady Wayburn. And Ben Morosky, um, I believe I heard that they probably won't play this year because they have an injury. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure I heard that uh, through uh, Twitter. Interesting. Now, now let's go ahead. No, you can go. Uh, let's let's kind of change it over to the defense, and I think the number one thing that everybody is looking at when it comes to the defensive side of the ball now is uh, the play calling and just uh, the, I mean, we all hope that uh, defensive coordinator Lou Spanos is doing well. Hopefully his health and his family are doing okay and uh, prayers his way. But uh, what, what are we looking at going into Saturday? So uh, coach Mora is going to be the guy that kind of heads it up, but um, from the press conference that I heard from him, um, the, uh, the the linebackers coach Sakari, mm-hmm. um, defensive line coach Mc, McClendon, and um, a few others. Uh, I believe it's Dalton, and then a bunch of analysts. And what they're going to do is they're going to call plays in the headset, and they're all going to work together. And then um, basically it goes through Coach Mora. So Coach Moore did say, if a play blows up, it's my fault. It's not their fault. <laughs> and that's the stance he's got to take. I mean, as the head coach, I, uh, one thing I always said when I was coaching, if if we lost, it was my fault. When we won, it was the players. Yes. Uh, so I, I think we're all, or at least we all should have the approach heading into this. We just, in moral, we trust with this. I mean, we just have to trust and believe that he's he's got it handled i mean obviously he's been around anything and everything you can think of from a football perspective so i mean i, I don't think anything is going to surprise him uh, when it comes to 
what's going on. I mean, Utah State does like to play fast, so it could be interesting to see how on the fly they're going to have to do things. But I think that's the that's the fun part of it. Yeah, and that's that's what really shocked me about the depth chart too. Is I saw the three four, and when they want to play fast, those three those those three you know defensive linemen are going to have to really put pressure on there, and our linebackers you know have to stop it because if they can put pressure and and the linebackers can have pressure too, then the defensive backs have a chance. Um, and for them to play fast, uh, it's, um, it's, it's definitely a moral we trust. And yes. I definitely trust them. I definitely feel like, you know, whatever defensive package they play, they're going to just, you know, have the right plays in there, the right guys in there. And they'll, they'll stop the ball. I agree. We got we got plenty of playmakers on the defense. I mean, there's there's some guys in the secondary now who you feel very confident in. I mean, obviously the linebackers. I mean, our starting group of linebackers, I I am very very confident in, and we we have some good pass rushers too. Yes, and we have some big big boy pass rushers. Yes. Um, the only the only one that I like last year wasn't. You know, I was like, yeah, he played okay, but he looked kind of lost at times with uh, Eric Watts. Um, but I did hear that he definitely improved, and he he's more comfortable with the defense now. That's good to hear, and that's and that's what we want. So, and also, actually, I, I have to input this too: the linebackers. Oh my goodness! I mean. The linebackers that we have in there, they could all be NFL players. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, they're, it's, it's uh, you know, like Denbury and uh, and Randall, the two transfers. Um, I saw a game tape on them. Man, those guys are fast. Yep. Especially with uh, Ian Swenson and uh, Jackson Mitchell. I mean, oh, my goodness. I, I actually think these guys could, you know, they're, they're, they're going to get picks. They're going to get picks this year. Or they're they're gonna just rush in for sacks. I mean, I'm hoping, I'm hoping and praying that this defense will blitz once in a while, especially when needed. Yes. Last year, there's certain points where they should have blitzed and they didn't, and there's some points where they blitzed, and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, the, we, I I remember those situations. That's for sure, and and I agree with you. I, I mean, the the four starting linebackers that we can throw out there this year. I mean. Every single one of those guys is going to have an opportunity to play on Sunday. Almost, yeah. And it's I, the one guy that I always I always go back to is uh, you know uh, Mitchell. That guy came in as a freshman, and I mean that guy looked like he could be a, a junior at at playing linebacker. I mean this guy, I I believe at one point was leading. Leading college football. And yep. Tackles. Yep. He absolutely and was. Ian Swenson too. You know, he had a, he 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 actually came back, which was nice to see too, because um, Bembry actually said that uh, he's actually a guy that plays hard, that plays physical, and you're going to see a lot of them this year. So I was like, all right, that's great. It. It gets you excited, that's for sure, because, I mean, you, you went into games last year and, and you knew you knew kind of what the outcome was going to be going into it. Yes. So that leads me to the next point. I'm, I'm not a betting person, but there is a 27-point spread going into this game. I, I'm a firm believer that the Huskies cover that and they cover it and make it look very respectable. What are your thoughts? I actually, you know, going into the Wyoming game, they were they were thirty point underdogs, and and look look at that score. They only lost by a, I believe it was a couple of points last year. Yep. And the thing is, is that okay? If we can play Wyoming, that was a bull team. We can go in there and play Utah State the same way. I mean, they might have a better a better lineup, but as long as you play tough and physical. I'm thinking, even if you're even if you're only down by, you know, touchdowns, that's 
pretty respectable. I, I, I have to say it's pretty respectable. I want it, I want it to only be down by seven or, or winning by 14. Right, so. right. No, I, I personally think, and I've told everybody that I can this, this is going to be a game going into the fourth quarter. Like this is going, Utah State is going to be in a battle. I mean, they don't know what the Huskies are going to are going to do offensively or defensively, and and honestly, we don't we don't know a ton either. I mean, we have a little bit of insight here and there, but it it's going to be really really interesting to see um, how how they can respond. And, and and I think you and I have said this before. They need to they need to start games quickly. I think that's very important. But I also think, and and Jim Mora has said this a million times. Don't turn the ball over. Yes. So and that's 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 a huge thing. Is that you know last year the turnovers just you know you you were you were winning games and all of a sudden you turn it over and you lost games. Right. Or you're you're coming back for let's say a field goal and miss it or whatever. Um, that's the type of stuff that they need to work on too. And I I actually think that. If they do turn over the ball, I'm pretty sure practice is not going to be pretty warm. Right. I mean, a perfect example of that was the Wyoming game that you spoke of a little bit ago. Yeah. And that was, that was a, oh my, that was a winnable game. Absolutely. And at halftime, half we're, we're leading them. Um, then after that, it was like, all of a sudden, right after, you know, when Tyler Pumacon had that pick, and then all of a sudden, everything went, you know, down, and they tried to come back and everything, but they were they were stopped at the goal line. Yeah. Um. But I, they like I always told you, they have to finish games out. Now, if they're leading Utah State, they have to figure out how to finish the game out. Uh-huh. And stop the ball. You know, no turnovers. Absolutely. The 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 next question is one I can personally speak to uh, because I have done this, but. Uh, obviously the, the the Yukon Huskies are going into Utah. There is obviously a high altitude. It's a different level, different environment than what they're used to. Um, I can speak to that. When I was at Grand Valley State as a member of the basketball program, we went to the University of Utah and played uh, the Utes in Salt Lake City. And we went, we went a couple days early, got accustomed to the, uh, the air and just kind of playing and what everything that it that it i mean there's a difference i will tell you (laughs) but uh i I think that's one thing that a lot of people are going to look at and say okay are the huskies going to be ready for that like like nick charlton said before um you know to keep guys fresh and i i'm pretty sure jim moore said before too they're going to rotate players in and out now on your offensive line one of your offensive linemen's gassed take them out, you rotate somebody else in. Um, they loaded up on wide receivers, and this year, it's like, okay, if a, if a few people need some plays off, we could put a few more wide receivers in there. And I, I, I think with this game, too, if altitude's a, an issue, you're definitely going to see some rotating uh, uh, lines and everything. Right. I agree. And I mean, <clears throat> I know... I know people always make a point when teams that aren't used to playing in altitude come into the altitude, but it's the first game of the year for Utah State too, so they got to get in game shape too. Exactly. It, it it doesn't matter even if you live in that state. You know, if it takes a while to even get used to it, especially playing football with pads on, with the helmet on. I mean, it gets pretty hot, and and I have a feeling that. If let's say if Utah State um, is gas too, it's going to be a pretty exciting game. Absolutely, and, and I, I'm I'm intrigued to hear your response to this question. Obviously, you live in Connecticut. I I, I don't, so I, I'm just really intrigued to hear what is the buzz like around the state for the team. Actually, um, UConn was trending on Twitter this year. And that was, I've seen that I a couple times. First time since I've been following UConn that I've seen it like trend like crazy, and the buzz. I mean, 
even people that don't follow UConn, they're like, oh, they have Coach Mora, and oh, they're, you know, I, I heard they're doing pretty good, and there's some people that are like, oh, I heard they got this recruit, and I'm like, wow, this is really awesome. I mean, the governor is, is all in for it. Um, we have even alumni coming to practices now, and just showing these guys how to do stuff right, and the buzz is is, is actually absolutely crazy, um, especially on my Twitter. I have a bunch of you, I have a bunch of UConn guys, a bunch of Connecticut people on there, and every single day since uh, Moore was hired, it was just trending up. And we, this state, you know, we're not known as a UConn as a as a UConn state as a as a football state, right? And the thing is, is now because everybody's backing them up um, administration-wise, like, you know, the, the um, UConn itself and also the, uh, the governor of the state, it's, the buzz is totally, like, there. Um, and a lot of guys are saying, too, hey, whatever the outcome is of this game, we still have to support these, you know, players. Uh, also, Husky t- Ticket Project, um, they sold a lot of tickets for, uh, for you know, I, I believe they have kids go to games and stuff like that. And uh, they had this mini plan, too, for Syracuse, Boston College. And then the third ticket, you could pick whatever whatever home game was left. And it, it, it sounded like it actually was a success. And that's awesome. And... I mean, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I cannot wait for my opportunity to come out there this year for a game. I'm so excited to just be around uh, and just see it in person, be around all the fans, just be around all the people that have supported me a ton, and it's just uh, I'm, I'm, I can't wait. Oh, it's, it's, it's going to be great. And no matter, no matter how many fans you have there, you could have a 1,000 fans there, and it sounds like a packed stadium. I mean, it's... Once, once UConn fans go crazy, and especially, you know, when the UMass game comes around, if they have a really good record, that, that game can be very loud. and it, It's going to probably be loud. Um, and I'm, I'm just hoping that, you know, Huskies have success this year so then the fans come back because, like Coach Morris said, winning is important and winning will get the fans back. And, all, all I say to Connecticut fans is just, you know, support this team because they definitely have potential and to go far. I mean, if we win games this year, too, recruiting-wise, oh, my goodness. Oh, I exactly. Mean, it, it really could. I mean, we've already seen how well uh, the staff is doing on the recruiting trail. So, I mean, just to – if everything falls into place the way that it definitely can, it could it could surprise some people. Oh yeah, and like this Utah State team too. Most people don't know, but they had a bad losing record. Yeah, I believe it was like one game. Yeah, they were and one and five. Sudden, all of a sudden, they got their coach in there, and then you know they won eleven games. Yep. So it's definitely doable. And. To, to listen to the lines, I never listen to the lines. Um, I I actually think that this team will definitely surprise people. I agree, and and you and I are both very optimistic about this team, uh, and we we've both we've talked to each other at length about how optimistic we are. And I, I know that we've both said, I mean, this team can win five or six games. Oh yeah, it, and you, you have. You have to be optimistic, too. Usually year one of a coach, you know, everybody's pretty optimistic. Um, but this year is the year that we have to that we have to build the foundation. And it's not, like they always say, it's not a rebuilding year. Right. It's, it's a year that's a, it's a winnable year. Because all these teams come, you know, playing UConn, they're like, oh, they're looking at the next game. Yep. They're not looking at the UConn game. So what's going to happen is we might actually surprise some teams, and then they're like, oh, man, we're down. We have to win now. And I actually think this year we might see that. I agree. I absolutely agree with you. I mean, especially early on. I mean, I think 
I think Utah State is is I mean it's going to be very difficult. They're a very good team, but I mean this is a this is a team that won the Mountain West last year. That prob that some of the players are probably looking at like oh that UConn team was awful last year. We're just going to roll them. Well, this is a completely different UConn team. Oh yeah, and I I believe the quarterback to Utah State I saw a quote too saying we don't really know much about them because they have a new coach, they have a new scheme, they have new players. They said we don't know what to expect, and of course our coaching staff too is not going to put anything out there. Right. So really now this is kind of like it's an upper hand UConn. Because now you can say, okay, we have tape on Utah State, but Utah State really doesn't have tape on us. Right. So it, it could it could go like, well, you know, Utah State's like, oh, we, we're going to, you know, like you said, well, we're going to win. And then all of a sudden, you know, UConn just, let's say a Brian Bruton, he goes, you know, he, a kickoff return in the first quarter and he goes for a touchdown. Yep. Like, like the Clemson game. Yep. I mean, it, it, could, it could go... It could really go either way. I agree. I absolutely agree. Now, normally how we're going to do this show is you will talk about the previous game and I will talk about the upcoming game. Obviously, this first episode we did a little bit differently because we don't have a a game to talk about. So the next little bit, I'm going to take some time kind of previewing Utah State just so uh, Husky fans can know a little bit about what's coming into this. And we've kind of talked about a handful of these things already. And uh, like, like you said, I mean, Utah state went one and five um, before uh, Anderson came in to coach. And last year they went 11 games, go 11 and three, win the mountain West for the first time ever. So, I mean, it, it, it gives hope then for Husky fans seeing that looking forward. Um, the Utah state offense last year was, unbelievable it's a unique offense that's kind of hard to prep for so it'll be interesting to see how we handle that Uh, the quarterback position for utah state is pretty from a national perspective if you look at the three guys that they have on their roster at quarterback could probably stand toe-to-toe with most teams in the country from a from a depth perspective uh, Logan Bonner last year was uh, threw for over 3,600 yards, had 36 touchdowns, um, and he was the MVP of the conference offensive MVP for the conference championship game. So you have an MVP quarterback, and then he was injured the at the very beginning of the bowl game, and Cooper Lagash came in and just played the game of his life and was the bowl game MVP. And then they come in. They add a transfer from Wyoming and Levi Williams, who started six games for Wyoming last year, and he was the bowl game MVP for Wyoming last year. So they got three guys at quarterback who, who, who have really done some things. So I mean, it, it, so they're in great shape when it comes to that part. Um, then you look at their wide receiver room. They do lose. Uh, they lose a trio of receivers that combined for 206 catches. 3,328 yards and 31 touchdowns. So, so, I mean, Tompkins is in the NFL. I mean, they had some dudes at receiver last year. But the the good thing for them is because they had so much success, they were able to add some great players in the transfer portal. Uh, they have Justin McGriff coming back, who is a big wide receiver. He could he could He's going to be a big red zone target for them. They add Maryland transfer Brian Cobbs, Alabama transfer Xavier Williams. They add a really good JUCO transfer who's a two-time JUCO All-American and Terrell Vaughn. So, I mean, yes, they lose some big-time players at wide receiver, but they're bringing in some big-time receivers too. Now, the thing I will look at for UConn potentially is – they have to build that cohesion with Bonner. Now, obviously, they've worked on that during the off season in the in the spring and summer, and then in fall camp here. But you still got to get those game reps. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes uh, for them. Then running back Calvin Tyler uh, kind of burst onto the scene last year, had almost 900 yards rushing. I personally think he could have a bigger role for them. 
I I even saw somebody on Twitter say that he was going to run for 300 yards against UConn. Now, obviously, that's somebody who doesn't know anything about what they're talking about. So, the, the <laughs> I mean, I, I think there's so many people, and I know you can attest to this too, Justin, that so many people out there just don't understand uh, this UConn program and everything that's gone into the revolution that's going on. remember you know UConn's glory days too right and and when they beat up on these big guys and a lot of people forget about that absolutely I mean I, I I'll be honest with you before before I created the partnership that I have with sidelines UConn and before I became so close-knit with so many people uh within the UConn football program and so many UConn fans like yourself I mean I'll be honest I didn't know a ton about UConn I mean, it just, I live in Illinois, so it's not like something that UConn football was crossing my mind a lot. You know what I mean? Right. I, I mean, I always, I always remember that they beat Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's one thing that I, I think a lot of people remember. <laughs> I'm sure they'll never forget that. No. <laughs> and, and why a lot of people probably don't know about this program, too, is, uh, Back in the Big East, they had, um, I believe they played on the SMY network. And that's really only like a, it's like a New York network, like mm-hmm. a regional network. And so when they're playing like, you know, sometimes in the conference, you a lot of people wouldn't see it. Right. No, that makes sense. I mean, if you're not on TV, people ain't going to see you. That's for sure. <laughs> right. Unless they're playing the big guy, then, you know, it's ABC or right. CBS. Or... Right. Well, I'll, I'll dive back into the Utah State defense. Looking at their defensive line, they have uh, uh, defensive end Brian Vaughns, who was the, uh, the Mountain West Championship game MVP from the defensive side of things. He's a very, very talented guy. They just added uh, uh, from Nevada, Daniel... Graziak, I hope I said that correctly, but I apologize if I didn't to him and his family. But <laughs> but uh, but he he's going to be a huge piece for them. Um, they're linebackers. They got they got a couple really talented linebackers and MJ Tafisi and uh, I'm just going to say AJV because I, I don't want to mispronounce his name. But we'll hear him we'll hear him a lot uh, Saturday. I mean they got some good linebackers there. And then in the secondary, I mean, they got a couple guys who are really, really talented. And Hunter Reynolds, um, they added a safety, uh, Gervin Hall Jr. from Miami, who's going to do some good things for them. And then A.J. Carter is a 6'1 cornerback. So they got they got some really good pieces defensively. Um, they were a much better defense than they were given credit for last year um, just because a lot of people saw um, – their offensive numbers and what they were able to do. But obviously this is a, a difficult first opponent for the Yukon Huskies, but I mean, you, you want to play the best. Oh yeah. You have to play the best really. So and, no, go ahead. And as, as long as they're competitive, that's, that's all I want to see is make, don't quit. Just keep playing no matter what the score is. Absolutely. And I think that this coaching staff will, will, will get nothing but that from this team. Oh, yeah. So what what do you think is an appropriate, uh, respectable score coming out of this game? Oh, that's a good question. I'm thinking, like, if I have to... If I have to really, probably, probably like, I'm thinking, oh, that's a good question. Um, well, here, I'll tell you mine, and then you can keep thinking. I, I really okay. I really think that this is going to be a game. I really do. I think Utah State's going to score points. I mean, it's, it's, they're too talented offensively not to. I really think this is going to be like a 35 to 24 game. Yeah. I'm thinking like, you know, 
I'm thinking more like, you know, 28 to 14. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, something rather close. Absolutely. I I think that 27-point spread is egregious, if you if you want me to put it bluntly. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's definitely, uh, they're probably going after last year's uh, record. There. Right. And uh, I was thinking the same thing. I said, I don't, it, it could have been a little, you know, it could have been a little closer because that's, that's crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. I have one thing that I want to kind of go into a little monologue before we end the show. So I'll let, is there anything else you want to add uh, going into the game? Actually, I think we hit everything. Um, You actually hit a thing that I actually wanted to to talk about. So I think we're good in that. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I want to speak on a little something that, uh, that came up on UConn Twitter this week about the hiring process of Jim Mora and those who don't know I'm a former uh, college basketball coach I I've been an assistant I've been a head coach I coach at the high school level as well and and I will tell you every single coaching job that I ever got in my life was because of networking it wasn't because of my dazzling record or because like I was qualified for the job it was because I knew I knew the people in charge. And, and, and in fact, even the job that I have now, just working a regular job, I got it the exact same way. So I, I don't understand why there's been such a, why there was such a fuss on Twitter about the hiring process of Jim Mora. Uh, Justin, I would love to hear your take on that as well. I mean, anybody at their job, it's, it's, you go through networks. I mean, I got my I got my job through networking, and mm-hmm. and it, the, the the thing is, is that I don't even know why that even came up. Right, right. <laughs> to have an awesome coach that actually wants to come in here and and say yes to the job, like Jim Mora. I mean, I even said on Twitter, "There's no debate here." I said for Jim Mora to accept the job is probably the best thing to ever happen to UConn. This coaching staff might be the best coaching staff UConn ever had. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, in Connecticut, there's there's some people that you can't always please, and they always want to look at the negative side of things. And sometimes I'm like, oh, my goodness, what are you thinking? <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a no-brainer. I mean, from the, from the list that uh, David Benzik had, Jim Moore probably was the best one out of the whole thing. Absolutely. And, I and, mean, for somebody to, of Jim Moore's stature to want to take on this job and take on the opportunity that it is, is just phenomenal. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, I'm sure some of those people are probably like, oh, he just came in here for you know a few years, turn around and leave. But I really don't think he's going to leave. He's going to make sure that there's a really good staff. And when he does want to leave and retire, the staff that's there is going to be the staff that runs the, the whole show. Mm-hmm. I mean. And, yeah, I, I just – I didn't really know what all the fuss was on Twitter until I looked into it. I'm like, wow. I said, at least it wasn't a – if it was a bad hire, yeah, I would, I'd be mad too. But right. For a Jim Mora hire, I mean, that's just a grand slam. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> there there isn't a better person that they could have hired. I think that's been very apparent with everything that's gone on during the offseason. Yeah. And all of his, I mean, all of his assistants too were, were, were on watch lists. Right. I mean, to have that, oh my goodness, you know. And it's, it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, and yeah, I just, I just, I just didn't understand it. (laughs) Right. I mean, to get Nick Charlton, I mean, he's a rising star in the coaching profession. Oh yeah. And and what's nice about him too, is he he was up in Maine as a head coach and he was at BC a little bit for, uh, I believe a a grad assistant. Yep. And, uh, I mean, 
to have that type of to have a young guy like that that's that has a high football IQ as a coach is really awesome. And I know a lot of the guys, like especially quarterbacks, are connecting with them. And I mean, I all the staff there is they're they're just phenomenal. I mean, all the hires I looked into them too because some at first I really didn't know some of them, and I'm like, wow, yeah, this this was a pretty good hire. Mm-hmm. I agree. I absolutely agree. And actually, I have a one little bit, too, from the Jim Mora press conference. Um, him and Pat Collins, which is, uh, it's, I, I guess, Pat Collins is kind of like the executive guy. And what they did was they actually went through a bunch of coaches. So they actually handpicked these, these coaches, and then they said, okay, let's take a few, you know, a day or two to think about it. And when they thought about it, they said, okay, we're going to go with them. Because they fit the system, they fit who we are, and who we want to be. And that's to actually have an assistance to come into and, and be on board with the with the coach. I mean, you can't say enough about that. Absolutely. that I mean, that in itself, if you don't have a cohesive staff, you're going to lose just because of that. Oh yeah, we've we've seen it before. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Many times. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I think that's going to end uh end our show this week. Uh, I really look forward to to the game this week. I mean, obviously, I I'm, I'm super excited. I haven't been this excited about uh, a a game that I'm not going to in a very long time. I mean, I I, I personally m- for those who don't know, I one of the bases of my podcast is for me to attend a home game at every FBS stadium. So this week I am going to the University of Illinois. I will be seeing Wyoming play against Illinois. Uh, Justin and the rest of Husky Nation will obviously be tuned in watching the Huskies. I will be getting updates frequently about what's going on. And I, I cannot wait to see and hear the results for the Huskies. Yeah, me neither. And I'm actually going to practice my tailgating this weekend too. And I already have the menu set. And uh, yeah, I, I I just can't wait. Four o'clock on Saturday can't come fast enough. It'll be here before we know it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, un- until next week, Justin. Thanks again so much for coming on with me. Oh, thank you, Bobby. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely. And again, uh, tell the listeners how they can follow you. So you can follow me on Twitter um, on Hawkeye-282, or you can also uh, follow me on um, Instagram, too, as uh, Justin Brissett. Absolutely, and I'm I'm Bobby Wilson at TNT College Foot One. Uh, you can follow me personally at Coach underscore B Will. Um, feel free, follow me, ask questions, DM, uh, anything. I'm always open to chatting football. But again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a good night. God bless.